Welcome back, folks, to Get to the Point. I am Joe DeLeon, and with me on the phone is Sean Anderson. And we just want to give a quick shout-out to our fans in San Jose, California, who have been listening to us. It's uh, it's pretty big knowing that we've got some people across the country, of all places, tuning in to hear Sean and I talk some sports. But we're going to get right into it, talking about how our weekends went. And Sean actually got to be out there for a thrashing of the Washington Nationals by the wonderful Philadelphia Phillies lost the series two to one. How was that experience for you, Sean? You know, it was a fun time. Uh, we, the Nationals, are not really throwing their best at at the Phillies just because it's kind of a throwaway series. Oh wow! So they're just getting some of the younger guys new work going into the All Star break. Uh huh. I'm sure. Uh, all the games that I've live tweeted against the Phillies, uh, the Nats had that awesome comeback where the Phillies just choked it up. So I'd like to I'd like to sh- shout out the Nats for you know staying patient and knowing what's truly in them. You know Harper went off for three doubles. Uh, it was just a torching of the Phillies and they couldn't do anything but watch. Well, we're gonna have to see how they end up finishing at the end of the season because that's gonna be a tight one. There's a very tight race in the NL East: the Braves, the Nationals, and the Phillies. There's yeah, honestly well, not there's tight, but, Joe. What'd you say? Joe, it's not, no. it's not gonna be tight. What do you mean it's not gonna be tight? The Phillies are gonna crumble. No, they're not. Getting all their hitters back. Strasburg isn't even in the lineup. Give me a break. Well, this team's hot now. I mean, they've stumbled a little bit as of late, but this team's hot now, and I think they're going to be hot when the postseason comes around. Oh, jeez. I don't don't understand how you can't think that, but, I mean, as much as we could argue hometown teams, although the Phillies aren't too hometown for me, but relatively close, as much as we could argue, it's not really worth it. Considering how much we have to talk about. Legit, hey. Hoskins is legit for Philly. I'll give I'll give you that. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, and the one the one big the one big thing with the Phillies, in my opinion, was the them adding Jake Arrieta. Because like every time I listen to the New York Mets talk show hosts, all they talk about is how they didn't get Jake Arrieta and how that could have changed their team. Like Arrieta has been the the deciding factor. I think Hoskins has been. I mean, he's yeah. just he can swing the bat, man. And, and yeah, and I completely agree. And then, uh, I'm, oh my God, I'm completely blank on his name. What's his name? Had a really big month of June. Um, Herrera. Yes, Herrera. I, I, I'm, I'm, I know I sound like a bad Phillies fan, but I always mix his name up with uh, uh, Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero, just because they got really similar names, and they both have dread. So like, it's it's really easy to mix the two up. But um, Herrera, Herrera's done, done really well. I think he's batting over 400, something crazy like that, and he's got a really he, good on base percentage. He has the worst beard in the MLB, though. <laughs> Why do you say beard. that? Oh, it's just the worst. He finally fixed it, but it used to have, like, patches of blonde in it. All right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a little blonde here and there, but I no, see what you're saying. No. I see what it, you're saying. It's the worst beard in the MLB. <laughs> All right, so time to debate and talk about some NBA free agency. For those of you who don't know, that it is coming up very, very soon. There are already rumors swirling all over the place. A leaked promo attempt by the Los Angeles Lakers for the Paul George has already come out by Sports Illustrated, in which they're apparently doing a video in order to recruit him. And there's also been some movement for Nikola Jokic, Jokic, who is already in the works of a planned contract that is going to pay him a ton of money. But the big one that is always going to be talked about is obviously LeBron James, and I'm, and I know uh, Sean here is going to disagree with me here. I don't know if you noticed, but he decided to do all these changes to his social media and stuff. But am I wrong for thinking that's a little bit obnoxious? 
Like he's trying to create drama for no reason. No, you're you're actually not wrong. I agree okay. with you about this. You know, everyone's waiting and anticipating. He knows the spotlight's on him, so he'd like to keep it on him, especially when he sees that other players are getting some run on the uh, on the Sports Center. You know, he's seeing that Kawhi's getting some run and Paul George and all all these other players are getting run. So he wants to to continue to feed his ego. I just I get what you're saying. That makes sense, but it's so stupid that he's doing that. He is obviously going to be the most talked about free agent decision of this offseason. Even if he re-signs with Cleveland, it's still going to be a big deal. But meanwhile, he still feels the need to get everyone making a fuss over the fact that he changed his his avatar on Twitter. I, I just I I slowly lose respect for him when he does stupid stuff like this. Just make your decision. Just take it with a grain of salt, Joe. Yeah, it's, not, I, it's not a respect. It's just him trying to keep the spotlight on him. But the, I don't know. The spot. The spotlight's already on him. That's the only way that I look at it. How much more attention do you need? You're LeBron James. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying, and this is not something that I feel like we have to argue about. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just, it's just what he's doing. Yeah. LeBron has always had an interesting approach to marketing and getting his face out there. But as much as I know that Sean and I will debate LeBron, even if it's over something we agree with, we'll still find a way to debate. It's better to more talk about the other guys that are going to be moving around in free agency. There's a lot of big names. Chris Paul, Paul George being one of them. Kawhi Leonard is on the trade block, potentially, if Popovich cannot convince him to stay. There's some also some smaller name guys that... We'll end up getting overpaid when free agency is said and done. But, Sean, my question for you is, who do you think is going to be the most surprise move at the end of all this? I think the most surprising move will be Chris Paul, honestly. Really? If he does leave Houston, I think that'll be the biggest surprise and the biggest mistake he'll make. I I agree with you on that one, actually. I didn't even really consider that. I think that he... I would not be surprised if he left. I think... Wherever LeBron goes, he will be able to get at least one other superstar to follow him. He, LeBron was upset last free agency when, when he didn't get any big-name players to come follow in his path to Cleveland. But if you look at last year's free agency class compared to this one, there's a lot more talent. Like, you got DeMarcus Cousins who's on the market, and if the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't seriously considering bringing him in to help LeBron then they have absolutely no aspirations to win. I think he's going to be another guy that's going to be a shocking destination choice amongst all the guys. Look, the only move that I can support with Chris Paul, because you make a ridiculous claim that he's going to like follow LeBron when they've never actually played I- I'm not saying he's going to follow LeBron, but I'm saying there are going to be stars that do, and I think wherever LeBron goes is going to affect where everyone else goes. It's yeah. not so much everyone's going to want to go play with him, it's more so other people are going to end up in different destinations because of where he goes. Right. The only, but like I was saying, the only spot that I could support Chris Paul going would be back to New Orleans outside of staying with Houston. Okay. That's the only spot I could see him uh, thriving at and, and just making a kind of a LeBron-esque move. You don't think things would be a little crowded with Drew Holiday there? No. I think Chris Paul would immediately enhance the team. Okay. You get then you maybe have one of the you have a top three uh, front court and then still if Cousins stays then you have the best backcourt in the NBA. So one 
different look at free agencies. Obviously, there's guys that have the opportunity to choose where they go, but there's there tends to be some some trades that occur. No big ones have occurred in the past year or so, but up until preseason starts, we could see some trades. Who do you think that's not officially on the market could end up somewhere else? Like you know, just some names to throw out. Anthony Davis has been talked about as being a trade uh, possibility. Kemba Walker is another guy that's been talked about. I don't think that. Uh, I think that it would be foolish for the Pelicans to try to trade off Anthony Davis, and I think Kemba Walker means too much to Charlotte. Uh, I could see the the Wizards getting rid of Otto Porter because he's a bum. Okay. Um, I can see <laughs> he's a going somewhere. They, I mean, anybody from the Wizards should be traded except for John Wall. And Bradley, Bradley Beal? Bradley Beal can get traded. Really? Yeah. So you think there's a, there's a chance that Bradley Beal could get moved by the end of free agency? I would trade everybody on the Wizards squad except for John Wall to get DeMarcus Cousins to uh, Washington. Wow. So you think that DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall could get the job done? I think they could. Well, that is a hot take if it is, you know, the the not How the first take. Ah, uh, I don't know. I just I feel like you're dumping and getting rid of Bradley Beal and all these people just to bring in Demarcus Cousins. Yeah. You exactly. wouldn't want to try and keep Beal and Wall and then just sign Cousins? No. Why not? What's wrong with Bradley Beal? He's not good enough. You don't think and Bradley Beal's good enough? It has to be lucrative, Joe. It has to be lucrative. Oh. Everyone, Bradley Beal's the only one if you're going to get a trade down in New Orleans. To actually get DeMarcus well, Cousins. Well, you know DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a free agent, though, right? I know. So you don't think that they'd be able to sign him? You think they'd have to trade for him? Yeah. All right. Uh, that's interesting. Washington isn't uh, a lucrative enough market. I think I think would, what would make the most sense... Is, well, wait, did you just admit that, that Washington's not a lucrative market? In the NBA... Oh, now, but okay, but in general, though, you debated with me, though, that you didn't think that the the New York market was that far off. Well, yeah, because New York hasn't gone to the playoffs in 10 years. It doesn't mean that it's not a big market. They stink. Just because they stink doesn't mean they can't just sign anyone they want. It's the most ridiculous premise in all of sports. They were able to keep Carmelo Anthony because they had so much money to throw at him. I'm just saying. That was fine, Joe. All right. I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. Yeah, that's very true. All right, so as much as I'd love to talk NBA the whole time, we're going to keep going with our rankings for positions in the NFL. This week we're going to be talking about tight ends, and there's a lot of disparity that can occur at the tight end position, especially considering some very good players don't really see a lot of balls thrown at them, either because their quarterback play is below average or they're used more so as a blocking tight end and they're one of the better blocking tight ends rather than catching the ball but the numbers don't lie as far as the best ones go and we're going to be talking in terms of the guys that are statistically putting out at the end of the 2018 season and the one thing that always comes to mind when you think tight ends particularly is probably touchdowns these guys are brought in because they're big they're strong and they can post up on anyone that they want to and Like we've been going on with the previous rankings, this is more so looking towards the end of 2018. We're not talking about, we're not focused on how things are going to be starting at the season, but how we think things will turn out. So to break down the lists, mine right now, I have at the top of my list, Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, 
Zach Ertz, Evan Ingram, and then Jimmy Graham. Sean has Rob Gronkowski, Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed, Travis Kelsey, and Kyle Rudolph. Now, Sean, who do you think has to be on this list that you put on there? Joe, we debated this about a month ago of the best offensive position groups in the NFL. And when we got to tight ends, I said the New England Patriots because they had Rob Gronkowski. And you had some verbal fury at me for saying that Rob Gronkowski was easily the best in the league. And he has no, 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 no. That's not what I said. I, I remember our discussion. It was because I said the Eagles because they have more depth. I said, I said Gronk is, is in the conversation for number one. And I decided that I think that he's going to be number one. But the point that I was trying to make is that behind Zach Ertz, you have two other guys that could be big number guys. Like last year with the Eagles, I'm trying to find him. Um, they had two guys that had over 500 yards, I'm pretty sure. Joseph, you're getting awfully defensive now. I'm just saying. My answer is Rob Gronkowski. He has right. to be on the until he retires. Thankfully, he's not this season, so we get to watch him uh, just play football, which is what he does best in the world. He doesn't have to act. He doesn't have to go do anything else. He doesn't have to be on a party bus just playing football. It's just so <laughs> much fun to watch. I agree with you on that one. I think Gronk is always going to be a guy that needs to be on the list. He's, without a doubt, a dominant force. He's got a rare... Size and speed combination. While injuries have hindered him sometimes, the years that he does play a full season, he always ends up being within the top three statistically. Last year, just looking at the numbers from a breakdown, he had over a thousand yards, 1,083 yards, and then eight touchdowns, which is good for a tie at second. Do you know who was number one, by the way, in, t- in touchdowns? Was it Kelsey? No. He's tied with Kelsey. Jimmy Graham had 10. I almost wasn't going to include him on the list until I saw that. Oh, that's right. I remember the, the top 100 now. They, they did say he led the uh, – they started feeding him in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, there was a four-way tie with eight, which went Zach Ertz, Gronk, Kelsey, Rudolph, and then the guy right after Rudolph is probably no one that you would expect who had seven. Who do you think it would be? Delaney Walker. No. Tyler Croft. I was yeah, I was looking at these stats and I was just I was shocked. I was honestly shocked by seeing some of the numbers that these guys put up that you really didn't even consider or really pay attention that much to, and they still had pretty good years. Yeah, tight ends are sneaky yeah. in this t- categories. Alright, next question. Who do you think is the most shocking guy on this list? The guy that nobody's really gonna be expecting expecting to be in this conversation I would say my three seed Jordan Reed why do you say that Uh, one because the way you announced his name while giving my top five I could tell that you were immediately shocked all right two because he has had injury issues in the past and he has been he missed time last year if I'm correct right what did you say Joe he missed time last year if I'm correct right he's missed time every year yeah Every year he's been in the league, he's missed time. And he's been the most frustrating to watch. But for some reason, just being a delusional fan of Jordan Reed, I think this is the year he puts it together and, and puts out an all-pro season. Well, like I said, you know, or like you had said, I was a little shocked when you said Jordan Reed. 
it's going to be interesting to see if he does end up playing a full season. I do agree with you on that. I think if he actually gets the the full time and doesn't have any injury problems, he could be in that discussion. But my guy that I think everyone's going to be like, really, is Evan Ingram. And I know you hate that pick, and I know it's a little bit of a homer call here, but if you look at his stats as a rookie tight end, rookie tight ends usually don't contribute that much, but he was the guy in New York, the only guy that they really could feed the ball, and he had 722 receiving yards. That was good for fifth in the league, and then he was eighth with six touchdowns. So he was top 10 statistically as a rookie, as his first year in the league. Now, I understand you get Odell back, you get a healthy Sterling Shepard back also in the mix, and you also have Saquon Barkley, who are probably going to steal touches away from him, but the more active this offense is, the more that everybody flourishes. You make a good point, Joe, and I do like Evan Ingram. He was uh, it was a corner piece in my Madden franchise. <laughs> I will say Evan Ingram is a very underrated guy to trade for in Madden. Oh, God, he's so fast. Yeah, also. so like hard six. to stop. Uh, but uh, as Madden has shown, I mean, not even a Madden. I, I, I just think, uh, I don't know if he's ready to be in the top five yet. I, I actually think O.J. Howard's going to do better than him next year. Really? Even, even, even with without James James? Spent it three games. Okay. Uh, that's just my prediction. I mean, we can go on about it if you would like, but I, I think O.J. Howard is going to thrive, especially going against the secondaries of the NFC South for six games. I just want to touch upon the O.J. Howard situation because it happened in between episodes in which Jameis Winston was suspended three games because he did not properly report a incident that occurred between him and an Uber driver in which he was accused of inappropriately touching the driver who was a female at the time he was at Florida State uh, that comes in addition to a sexual assault charge that he settled in 2016 I believe but apparently the story was that he was with of all people Roland Darby in an Uber and he was also with I forget the guy's name but he is now in jail for the accused rape of multiple Vanderbilt players. Also, not not so much accused because there was apparently video evidence of multiple Vanderbilt players doing it. And he was out on bond with the two of them. And he actually ended up selling out Winston. He actually told, I don't know if it was reporters or the people that were involved with the investigation. He basically told them that he was in a separate Uber and he, 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 he fudged the story a little bit. And, and now Winston's probably going to get in a lot more trouble than just three games if this actually goes any further. But I agree. I think I think O.J. Howard could be a threat in the red zone, but it's all dependent on who's throwing him the ball. I'm not a big Ryan Fitzpatrick fan. Uh, I actually am a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick really? fan. Really? I don't know why. I can't explain it. I just like Fitzpatrick. See, I, I agree with you on that. From the one year he did really well with the Jets, but then the next year, he played like he forgot how to play football. I, I I don't know. I just I feel like he's very up and down. He's very inconsistent. He is, and I don't know why I can't I can't shake him. I just I, it's a weird uh, affection for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe it's because he uh, went to Harvard and scored almost a perfect score on his uh, entrance exam to the NFL. Wonderlick. I, I don't know what it is. Is it is it the beautiful beard? No, it's not the beard. Never, I was never that. Maybe it is the beard. I like how, <laughs> I like how his, I like how his chin strap struggles to, to stay on his chin. Oh God! <laughs> because of all, 
I don't know. He just kind of looks like a normal dude out there trying to play football. Yeah. You know, they just got up off the couch. All right. So next question, who is normally in the mix of this top discussion that is not going to be anywhere close? Joe, you better not have the same answer as me because I have a straight home run for this question. All right. It is uh, Greg Olson. Really? Why? Well, he's not – I don't think that he – after the injury that he suffered last year and all the drama with the Fox commentary stuff, that he will be as focused as he could be with the Panthers. I don't see Cam developing as much as he could possibly be. And with McCaffrey and DJ Moore starting to emerge as more prevalent targets – uh, okay. The Panther, I can see him getting less touches and uh, less, I guess, positive energy with the Panthers for Olsen. So there's really not a lot of movement amongst these top guys, so it's kind of hard to say who's going to fall for me. I do think Greg Olsen's a good pick, but just for the sake of discussion, I think Delaney Walker. I think Delaney's starting to get a little bit older. He's always been on the older side over the years that he's still managed to prove people wrong. He had 807 receiving yards and three touchdowns. But I think he's just getting to that point. I'm curious to see how old he is. But I, I in my opinion, I, I, I don't know. I, I never really saw it. He's 33 years old. He finally picked things up towards the end of his career, and I think he's uh, he's at that point. He's at that point. And there's, there's better receiving options for Marcus Mariota. Is he, uh, he's not older than Antonio Gates, though, right? Yeah, but Antonio Gates wasn't even in the discussion last year. Antonio right. Gates is like 35. Let me check. Yeah, Antonio Gates is old. He's still awesome. I still root for Antonio Gates when he's on the field. Like, if I see him catch no, the he's, ball... No, he's 38. I, he's 38. Still, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I still get pretty excited when I see him, yeah. you know, make that gym. Yeah, he, he's been a, one of those guys that's managed to play well despite being on the older side. But I think last year was the first year that we really realized he's actually old he's no longer this this amazing tight end that also plays like a basketball player hunter henry's in town for a reason because they're trying to replace him but i i I don't even think you can consider gates in this discussion of guys falling because he fell off completely last year right joe do you think antonio gates will be a hall of famer um hmm I'm going to say yes, just for the reason that he holds a decent amount of records. He's managed to stay consistent a majority of his career, even early on and even as of late and up until he was about like 36, I would say. He's always been a great threat for that Chargers team, so I can't imagine him not being a Hall of Famer. I'm all in on him getting a gold jacket. Yeah. T- tight ends are uh, are not as talked about as they should be for the t- for the uh, Hall of Fame discussion. But I think he's one of those guys that will sneak their way in. Right. Everyone's getting swept up in the Jason Witten madness. But I think Antonio Gates has had a very good career along with Witten. All right. Next question. Who can sneak their way into the mix that is typically not in the discussion? I would say my five-pick, Kyle Rudolph. Okay. Separate from your list. You think separate from the list? Yeah, just for the sake of expanding out of our our comfort zone and who we were thinking before that, I can tell you who I'm thinking. Go ahead, Joe. And that's that's Eric Ebron. I think he has the potential to the 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 percentage of potential of him actually doing it 
is probably in the 30s or lower. But, man, this, this Colts team honestly excites me. If Andrew Luck is healthy, they could be sneaky good. But if Andrew Luck's not, then that obviously affects Ebron's output. But if, if Ebron has Luck throwing to him, I think that him and Jack Doyle are going to be very, very well fed as far as targets go. Because who, if you think about it, what other receivers do they really have right now? Because they got rid of Philip Dorsett. Dante Moncrief signed with the Jaguars. Like, who else is there? You still got T.Y. Hilton. That's true. You still got T.Y. Hilton. I completely, I don't know how I forget about T.Y. Hilton. He's the most forgettable superstar in the NFL. He honestly is. He honest, did he even make the top 40? Or top 100, I mean? Yes, I think he did. Okay. I can't remember. Yeah. Didn't get you to saw, watch it this year. <laughs> you, saw, you saw Brady got one again? Yeah. I think Gurley should have been one. No. That's just me. But as much as we could debate that, but who do you think your surprising tight end is? You know, my surprising tight end will also be the uh, the rookie tight end that I have chosen, which is going to be Hayden Hurst. Really? Yeah. Why do you say that? I think he's just going to explode on the scene in the NFL. I think that he is going to provide uh, sure hands for the Ravens and give Flacco another option mm-hmm. to throw the ball. And if Flacco goes down, you know, you have a uh, you know, solid RG3 to feed him, feed him the rock. Mm-hmm. You can have double options with Lamar Jackson on the outside, you know, with the when he's running receiver. But uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, Hayden Hurst could be like another uh, rendition of a Dennis Pitta, of another Ravens tight end who was really solid for two years, where he was picked up by like eighty percent of fantasy uh, leagues. Yeah, that was like twenty fifteen when Dennis Pitta really emerged, and I could see Hayden Hurst having a first year like a twenty fifteen esque Dennis Pitta. I, I do like your your talking you talking about Hayden Hurst. I don't know if he'll be in the discussion at top five, but my rookie that can contend is Dallas Goddard, who's on the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is just an absolute machine. He's helped make some not so great receivers look better, like Nelson Aguilar, and he's helped spark an offense that is very good at feeding multiple people. There was not really a single receiver. I don't think a single one of them went over a thousand yards, but Pretty much every mouth was fed. Everybody got the chance to play with the ball in their hands. And I think, and it's also been proven, their, their number two tight end who's now on the, the Bears, and I'm, I'm absolutely blanking on his name right now. Um, but he, they, they've been able to, and they've, they've managed to, it was Trey Burton. Trey Burton had a decent year. He had five receiving touchdowns. They do a good job of incorporating number two tight ends. And from what I understand, they do run a lot of two tight end sets. And Goddard can take advantage of those opportunities. What say how you, Sean? How do you think? Uh, how do you think uh, Tyler Burke's going to do in the NFL? Did you just say Tyler Burke? <laughs> I believe I did, Joe. So, for anyone that doesn't know, Tyler Burke is our interesting roommate, or was our interesting roommate. He's not living with us anymore. It was too cool for us, apparently. <laughs> I mean, who is uh, I, honestly as dumb as it sounds like as someone that I like he very obviously does not think he's going to play in the league but I would not be surprised if some team wasn't like hey come to a rookie camp Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's, he, he's more athletic than I think he gets credit for he makes every tackle on every kickoff yeah. and I don't think that's a hyperbole you know and I don't, I don't see him drop a lot of footballs 
No, he doesn't. I and he makes some pretty crazy catches. I if he gets the opportunity to, I would not be surprised. He's got that Maryland tape. He could be oh, a yeah. special teams guy. You never know. I'm all in for Burke in the NFL, man. I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, tell him that and he'll be like, "What?" <laughs> All right, I think uh, I think that's all we got for today. Especially we're gonna end it on talking about Tyler Burke. Let's see if he actually listens to this one. Think <laughs> so? Will we pick up a, a listen from Ireland? Uh, maybe. You never know. I I think we did get one. We did get one from Ireland or something crazy like that. We we've had some out of country listens, but thank you for listening in. If you like to listen listen to us talk some football and some sports, please check us out at GTTP Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and please tweet us some questions. What do you want to know from us? What do you want us to do? What do you want us to add? We love input. We love to talk to people. Just give us what, whatever you're thinking. But that is going to be it for today. I'm Joe DeLeo, and with me on the phones with Sean Anderson. And this was Get to the Point.